We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Um, but uh, welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is the 10th of January already. Oh my gosh, time is flying. And it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these. There's Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Uh, good luck on your sur- surgery today. He's in Oahu. I, I will be in Kona and Hilo, Volcanoes National Park. Got to cross off all those national parks if I can. Um, but uh, yeah, welcome in. It is. Monday or Tuesday morning, and my God, for, I think the first thing we have to say here is, uh, congrats TCU. Um, you turned into a pumpkin, and congrats to Georgia. Holy bleep, that was a from the very beginning a slaughter. Um, and I don't, I don't even know what we can take away from that game other than that's what it looks like when five star talent goes against three star talent. I mean, not all the time, but when they're when when one of the team peaks and the other is a runner up in the Big 12. I mean, what has the Big 12 done in national championship games? And in my in my recent memory, they're the I mean, first Oklahoma one that may it. have squeaked one out, but they're basically mm-hmm. been sacrificial lambs. They've gotten yep. blown out. Yep. Texas got a good one with Vince Young. How long ago was that? I was in middle school. Yeah, so. that's been a while. But Oklahoma going has gotten killed. So you're going to take the runner up from the Big 12 and throw them in the playoffs. Good luck. They did, they did beat Michigan, and to their credit, you know that was a good game. Now, granted. Two pick sixes and Michigan scoring only three points on three trips within the five yard line. Um, not super uh, replicable. I don't that's want the runner up from the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, You're gonna give me a- the champion. That's fine, but I don't want the runner up. Yeah, in a four team playoff. Sorry, you didn't yeah. win your own conference in the Big Twelve, who's historically bad in these games. I guess maybe that was it. The champion sucks. Let's take the runner up. Anyway. Yeah. Win your conference. Yeah, I. Uh, that's won't matter because what are they going to twelve teams next year? So uh, that's uh, that's going out of the way. But uh, yep, uh, Georgia. I mean, the best player on the field for Georgia was probably Jalen Carter. Uh, he didn't have, have the most dominant game, but he was. I mean, how how could you even flash in that kind of game? Um, is he he had plenty of flashes, I guess, but really good. And then Brock Bowers, um, tight end from Georgia. We'll be talking about him a lot a year from now. Uh, he'll probably be a top five pick next year i would say that he's pretty categorically behind three players in next year's class for me in caleb williams uh cade may cade may is that right uh the quarterback for north carolina and then of course marvin harrison jr but drake may excuse me you're correct drake may and uh then 
Marvin Harris, Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr. But uh, Brock Bowers, man, what a good tight end prospect. It reminded me of I remember when I was a kid one time we're playing street ball and I was I always played with the older kids because I was a big kid. But there was one that was he kind of hit puberty a little before all of us and he was out there playing. We were just playing two on two street ball and usually you'd rush a pass her and cover. Well, he was catching everything. And at one point I was doing this and I would just throw it where I could hear him and he'd go up in double coverage and pull it down. That was Brock Bowers yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, you know, Stetson Bennett's a hell of a quarterback. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Brock Bowers is a difference maker out there for any quarterback. Yeah. hundred percent. And also got to see Broderick Jones out there at left tackle. We'll see if he comes out or not. He might be in play for the Broncos pick there. And uh, we got Michael Ronquillo coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you coming in. Uh, we also got our guy, Andrew Lampy coming in with the stars saying morning all. Happy Tuesday to all. Happy Tuesday to you, Andrew. We appreciate you coming in and supporting us. Uh, we also got our guy, Jeremy Sean, in the house saying morning, boys. I feel like if it isn't Harbaugh or Peyton, fans will be disappointed. That isn't fair, but when has that mattered? And uh, also with Hackett, fans are sharpening their pitchforks after one week. Yep. Uh, and it turns out a lot of those fans, it was reactionary, um, no doubt. And we wanted to get a broader sample size, but those fans turned out to be right that Hackett, you know, couldn't hack it uh, as uh, terrible as that is. Uh, sunny days with the hearts and the coffee and the thumbs up. Good to see you. We got achy dragon with the, is it a face palm? Is it a pregnant lady? Is it, <laughs> it looks like a pregnant lady. Achy, are you expecting what's going on here? It looks like a emoji of somebody uh, holding a baby. So um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tiny, um, but uh, don't know what's going on there. But if you are expecting, if you're on the nest, um, congrats to you. Uh, we got James Mouncey. Coming in, it's a name I don't recognize as much, saying, who would you actually want as a coach outside of Harbaugh and Peyton? Anyone else would be a gamble. You've heard me say on here a few times, listeners, Scott, that I am a big fan of uh, D'Amico Ryans from everything I've heard and from how that San Francisco team has played, not only, you know, week to week, you know, but year to year, how consistent they've been in how they match up in zone coverage, how they're passing off their assignments in zone. They're, they're probably the best tackling team in football. I'd never see them out of position in their run fits really. And defense Bronco, you guys should know. I mean, the Broncos finished the season as like one of the worst defenses in football over the final three games. Now that the injuries, I get that, but they fell off. San Francisco has been one of the most consistent defenses over the year and over years. And that is hard to do. If anything, looking at the data for defense, it is super volatile. We talk about how hard it is to replicate a building a championship defense over years. Defenses fluctuate wildly over quarters of a season. Uh, and the San Francisco team has been consistently great. Yes, they have good defense, uh, defensive personnel. You have to if you're going to be that good of a defense. But I'm I'm super impressed with how they play. And I think you're going to get a very, very good coach with D'Amico Ryans. I don't know him as much as a coach. You know, I don't, I don't watch skiing. I see results and, but I, I remember him as a recruit um, yeah. coming up and then playing at Alabama inside linebacker uh, captain of the defense has been just a professional type forever. You know, just has always been a leader from the minute he walked on campus at Alabama and to I think I think he was drafted by San Francisco. I get him and Patrick Willis confused at times. No, D'Amico Ryan's was a tight Patrick Texans. Willis was 49ers. He was but the Texans. The second he goes in, those guys have been I've compared them all along. They came in together at Alabama and Ole Miss. Um and uh just has always just had that air about him, that mm. that aura of I'm in charge. 
and he has been. I, I think that'd be a good pick. I, I want to focus on the first part of this, though. What James says is, who would you actually want as a coach outside of Harbaugh, Harbaugh or Peyton? Anyone else would be a gamble. They're all gambles, like you're saying, and that's that's what people are saying. It's like, I don't want this guy because. I don't want this guy because. Man, find me the perfect candidate. You know, and the you know the, the Jim Harbaugh, he can't win the big one. Well, let's get to the big one. You're, yeah. you're seven years removed from the big one. You know, let's one step at a time here. Um, so, you know, everybody's a gamble for sure. Um, but I kind of agree with Jeremy on this where it's like, you know, swing big, no expense. First time head coach. That's, uh, you know, or a retread isn't quite the same thing for in this instance, Nick. Yeah. Yep. You are correct in that. I do. Um, other than uh, D'Amico Ryan's Broncos, have also requested interviews with uh, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams. He's been the defensive coordinator there the last couple of years. Uh, he's bounced around the league a little bit, coach on both sides of the ball, was the head coach for Tampa Bay for a, a few years as well. Uh, so he's a name that you want to keep in mind. He was the defensive coordinator over uh, Ejiro Evero uh, last season um, in the look for the Los Angeles Rams. Ejiro Evero coaching under both Raheem Morris and Brandon Staley. So he's one to keep in mind. And then, of course, uh, what is that? D'Amico Ryan's Dan Quinn. That was the other name there. Uh, so Dan Quinn. One more thing about D'Amico Ryan's before we move on. I was listening to an interview because I'm a very much an interview audio format uh, listener, I do a lot of dog walking and hiking with listening to something going on in the background or cleaning or even work. I'm um, just constantly churning in information. Um, and the matrix. Was, he plugs I, in. Plug I know in. Yep. I listen to it at uh, 1.5 speed as well. Sometimes too, if I'm trying to get it done. So it's a lot of fun. Doesn't, I'm glad that it doesn't do it. The Alvin and the Chipmunks higher pitch. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was an interview with Daniel Jeremiah. A lot of you guys know him covering the NFL for a number of years now. Longtime NFL scout now does stuff for NFL Network. And Luke Keekley, uh, who you guys should know Luke Keekley, um, probably one of the best linebackers in the NFL over the last 15 years. Um, he did an interview with Keekley, and Daniel Jeremiah went back in his scouting reports and said, there's only been two prospects I've ever written in my notes 
future NFL head coach if he wants it. One of those players being Luke Keekley, the other one being D'Amico Ryans. So to go to your point of like this guy, you knew immediately he was a leader and a dude. They're writing about it when he's coming out in draft prospect notes um, from yeah. the not even knowing the guy in the locker room. So and Nicole Dean be might be that guy for me, too. Yes. Yep. You know, he's one when we're well. talking about, hey, remember, what do you remember of Nicobe Dean? Nicobe Dean, linebacker, Georgia is one of those guys, um, you know, for a more recent version of that. Chase mm-hmm. comes in. He says, does a knock on Harbaugh for his bowl record seem silly? Um, silly might be, you know, I don't want to call somebody that has a concern about it silly, but I can rationalize it a little bit. One, that team is much better than when he took it over. Uh, they've gotten better and better. And they're as good as they've ever been. That is the right direction. Do they need to take the next step? Yes. So they're 0-2 in the college football playoff, right? That's the one that matters to me. That, that, yeah. That's it. You know, uh, everything else is nobody cares what the record is. So 0-2 in the college football playoff, you're playing against the three best teams in the country. You weren't one of those teams coming into the last 15 years. Not close. 20 years, maybe. So yeah. that you're in that conversation – um, one of the best teams in the country over the last 20 years, you've now beaten twice where you hadn't in forever. Look at your record and the trend against Ohio State more than the whatever they're calling the Citrus Bowl then when you might have gotten elevated from a team where you're eight and four because they didn't want to take Purdue or Wisconsin or Iowa because they don't travel as well. I'm exaggerating. Wisconsin travels great, so does Iowa. But so Michigan is a bigger draw. Yeah, I said the same thing happened to Tennessee Maybe. for a long time. Tennessee... Notre Dame, they lose their bowl games constantly because they get overpicked for where they should be. They usually get about two tiers up in the pecking order. If they finish seventh, they get the fifth bowl. Notre Dame, if they should be at the fifth best bowl, they get the third best bowl because it's about because bowls are about TV ratings, attendance, and money, not about we don't we don't care about fair. <laughs> we're 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 in this the bowls are in business, man. Yep. Yep, a hundred percent. Uh doesn't matter about fair and going back, back to Jeremy Sean's point. Fans are upset about the head coach. They will be until they're not. Uh, the results will matter in that one. And we got our guy Muhammad coming in here. 399 super sticker. Appreciate you, Mo, coming back in here. Hope things are well. Hope uh, everybody's doing well on your side of things. We also got our guy Mark Schrader. Good morning, Mark. Hope you're doing well, Mark. Uh, always good to hear you. Hope things are going well for you down in Texas. Hope the weather is better there than it is where Scott and I have been. Um, it's been, uh, we got a big rain the other day and winds a lot of places without power. Also want to say hello to Zach Powers. Good morning. Good, good to see you, Zach. Our guy, Ethan, coming in. Good more afternoon, Jensen Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. We appreciate you. Dave Glassman with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. Jamal Killings. Good morning, fellas. We got Gatorade Gaming. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Hello, Broncos country. We appreciate you, Darius, saying my Buckeyes should have won. That was, I mean, that was the national championship. Buckeyes versus, we should just instead just, Flip those games in our mind. Um, that amazing Ohio State versus Georgia game was not the best game of the year. Best game of the year I probably would put on Tulane USC. That one was super fun. Uh, but that Ohio State versus Georgia game was incredible. And so was Michigan TCU, but not as good as uh, Ohio State versus Georgia. That was That's one you're going to go back to for years. Could have been very different. Could have been Ohio State, Michigan in a rematch if things yep. had gone the other, just uh, a couple plays had gone the other way. But Georgia's pretty good. Georgia yep. is a is a pretty good football team. Did you see the halftime show where David Pollock said that? Uh, for, you know David Pollock. Uh, yep. Do I know David Pollock? Yes, okay. he's listeners as well. Um, he came up as a fullback. Uh, David Pollock was a freshman All American as a defensive tackle 
three-time All-American, a defensive end, drafted first round as an edge, but he's a high motor guy. <laughs> Guy's a freak. He was a neck. freak of an athlete till he broke his neck. Yeah, broke his neck. One really of the strongest sad. guys I've ever seen. There was a 360-pound offensive lineman at Georgia named Max Gene Gillis. And I'm watching them warm up, and they're just doing engagement drills. David has Max Gene Gillis by the shoulder pads and is ragdolling him in warm-ups. I couldn't believe my eyes what I was watching. You know, it's a guy who blocked kicks, blocked punts, blocked field goals. High motor. He maybe had high motor, though. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, there was at the halftime, he was talking about how Georgia's taking control of college football and, you know, nobody's with them sitting next to Nick Saban. And if Nick Saban's stare could have killed somebody, uh, it might have. So I'm excited for, of course, Georgia and Alabama don't play each other next year in the uh, regular season because why would we have the two best teams in the SEC play each other? But, uh, oh, well, um, we'll they'll probably end up in the championship. Uh, Hell, it's hard when you're going to have 24 teams in one conference. Yep, that's uh, that's very true. Get rid of divisions. Uh, that's my say in that. Jer- Jeremy, Sean. Um, but yeah, does Jim Harbaugh's game, uh, does last night's game make Jim Harbaugh want to try again at Michigan or does it make him want to leave more? I don't think last night's game has much impact on it, uh, per se. I guess, if anything, that one's like, yeah, we don't have the same caliber of athletes in recruiting bed that Georgia does, or the uh, they don't have to recruit to the same academic standards that Michigan does. Um, obviously, Michigan makes some exception, but they still, I mean, they're, Big, you know how it is with the Big Ten. We're better than you. Um, but guys in, they will. Yep. Uh, but uh, it's a little bit harder to get uh, players at Michigan than compared to Georgia and some of those more recruiting hotbeds. Uh, so I think if anything, it makes him lean slightly more towards leaving. But I don't think it's I think that's negligible for last night's game. No, the, I, I saw some people talk about the, you know, the SEC and they've ruined football and all this. I'm like, guys, you can talk about money. You can talk about cheating you can talk about all this. It basically boils down to geography. Now that Texas is in the SEC, is an SEC area, 50% of all D1 players, 50% of all NFL players come from that stretch from Texas to Florida over to North Carolina, 50%. And guess what? People aren't moving north. No. So until they change the geography, until I have to convince a kid and get him away from his mama and take him from Texas to Michigan or Florida to Michigan, you can get some of them. Yeah. But you know, it's... it's not necessarily Michigan and Ohio State and Notre Dame that have the problem doing that. It's the next tier down where it's hard. If you can't recruit it, if you don't have a recruit, recruitable in-state base to sustain your team, you're up against it. It's harder. Ohio has it. Ohio has about 100, 200 D1 kids to choose from in Ohio. Michigan was at about 60 when yeah. I was doing this last. It's hard. Uh, no doubt. Ryan Slavic, good morning, Broncos country. My pick for the next head coach is either Jim Harbaugh or D'Amico Ryans. A big concern for me, who will be the offensive coordinator, um, besides if they get Sean Payton. For Jim Harbaugh, I think two names to keep in mind here, and this is just speculation on my end and connections, uh, but Pep Hamilton, three names actually. Pep Hamilton, um, probably relieved of duties with Lovey Smith getting fired there at Houston. He's been a solid offensive coordinator at a few different places. I know he has a connection with the Harbaugh's. I think there's a chance that Greg Roman is fired from John Harbaugh's position. Maybe he kicks over to Jim Harbaugh. I'm not sure that dynamic would be there. And then David Shaw, uh, I know former head coach for a while. He was offensive coordinator for Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. And you talk about that Stanford connection working for Condoleezza Rice and Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it also works for David Shaw coming in and being the offensive coordinator. Again, this is just me connecting dots. I see people like pick names that have no connection at all. NFL is very much a who you know league and who you've worked with in the past. Uh, so those are some that stick out to me. If the Broncos do hire Jim Harbaugh, 
not sure about D'Amico Ryan's. Um, we'll see. Obviously, we I didn't know about Nathaniel Hackett's friendship, best friendship with Ishiro Evero until that hiring was happening. It's like, oh, okay, there's the connection. Best man in each other's wedding. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> that's the one to watch out for. Uh, no doubt. We also got Richard Miles. Good morning. My question today is who's your favorite pick for coach? It's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's my guy. Uh what about you, Scott? Is Jim Harbaugh your number one? Or is it Sean Payton or uh I I mean I would rather have Sean Payton as the coach. Um, I would rather have my picks in Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Yep. So, you know, if, if it's in a vacuum, who would I rather have as head coach? I'd rather have Sean Payton. Um, if it's, but it's not in a vacuum. Um, yep. That's the problem. And David Shaw, I, I keep seeing this, David Shaw. I mean, he had a, a stint as a quarterback's coach in the NFL 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do I want to make him my offensive coordinator? You know, I feel like I, sh- I could do, I could do, I want someone with a little more recent experience at that, Nick. Yeah. We got our guy, Dom. Just wanted to say congrats to you, Dom. And also Eli busting my balls here, which rightfully so. Uh, quarterback, George is the best player in the field. Not even close. DTs are notorious bust in the top 10 in the NFL draft. Last defensive tackle to go that early was Quinnen Williams. And he's probably a top five defensive tackle in football and was dominant this season. Um, the thing about defensive tackles, I do, I agree. Like in the recent past, when you were taking like just run stuffers, like big guys that mattered, but now they're taking athletes with size a lot of times at the top. And, um, uh, I think that the bust rate for top 10 picks of defensive tackle has not been as bad lately, just cause they're taking, they know what they're looking for in terms of the athletic measurables. And that's an athletic measurable position. Unlike and, linebacker. And what's nuts. What position would you call Draymond Jones, a defensive tackle? He was a three, four end. Yeah, you know he was a defensive lineman. That's where the the naming conventions start making sense to me. He was a yeah. he was a DL. It's kind of a defensive tackle, but it's a three four end. Jalen Carter would be an upgrade on Draymond Jones oh. at three four at a three four end. Yes, I mean he's versatile. You could put him as a four three end and forget mm-hmm. about that side of the field in the running game. I mean, this guy's different. He's 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 different. Yeah, he's good and not to. Uh... We're going to have plenty of time to talk draft. Uh, Stenson Bennett, what is it going to be, 25 years old next year? Uh, he's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's a solid I don't care athlete. about that, though. I mean, I care a little bit about it. Take any kid out of BYU when you're talking about a 24 year old kid. Mo- a lot of Most the offensive of the linemen are a little bit older. Yep. Um, as far though, and, and, and Eli is Stetson Bennett's going to suffer in the, at least in the short term a little bit from um, overexposure. I was getting real tired of seeing him last night in the fourth quarter. You know, it's just like Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett, this, the story. They, oh, like, good. God, guys, is this the Olympics? You know, what are we doing here? It's, it's, it was, uh, it was getting just a shade irritating. I think he'll be a fine, uh, day three prospect. He's got a good, he's a good athlete and he's a good game manager. I don't see, um, him doing very much as far as the arm talent perspective. Uh, but you could probably Alex Smith him, uh, to a few wins, uh, if you wanted to run like a quick paced offense and use him as a runner. Um, he's also very small. That's something you got to worry about at, uh, the next level, he didn't take too many hits at Georgia. He he does pretty good at uh, 
avoiding big hits, and that's a he's skill. A quarterback, period. He's, yeah, he's he's fine. I don't know what the massive upside is for him, but if he was there, let's say round four or five for the Broncos, and you're looking for a guy who can be a good leader in that room and a solid backup, yes. And can he beat up Brett Rippon? Yes. Yes. He's yes. way more talented than Brett Rippon. Under underrated athlete. Uh, I yeah. really love him. And, the... and his arm is underrated too. He's got great touch and can put some zip on it when he wants to. He's a good quarterback. He's a really, really good quarterback. And as far as the, the stuff you can't measure, it, it, it's the top of the charts. Yeah. I see a closer to the end of career Alex Smith. I don't think he's the same caliber athlete. Uh, Alex Smith was coming out to be one overall. Um, also probably less arm talent, but Again, closer to the end of career, uh, Alex Smith, which you can win games with. Miguel Israel, good morning to you, Michaela. I wanted to say hello to you. Miguel Santa Steven, always coming in and supporting us. Miguel, good morning, fellas. We appreciate you so much. Um, <laughs> Aki Dragon Goddess said, this is pregnant. Um, thank you. <laughs> you were holding the baby. I'm not sure what was going there. Maybe that was TCU versus Georgia uh, depicted uh, in that one. We appreciate you coming in here. We got our guy, ooh, David, coming in saying greetings and good morning. I so enjoy watching and listening to your comments over anybody else. Well, David, you must not be picking from a large sample size if that's the case. No, <laughs> we appreciate you so much. That's really nice of you to say. Um, that's uh, That means a lot. Honestly, there's a lot of good content producers out there. And uh, we like to think we do it a little differently and a little better. But, uh, you know, there's some good ones out there. So if you're picking us over anyone else, we must be doing something right or your taste is off um, epic gamer coming in $10 saying good morning. Thank you so much. Uh, keeping the lights on, keeping us going here. Uh, you guys are great and we appreciate you. Epic gamer. We got Arthur G Eugene Spooner coming in over on Twitch saying, Hey guys, Oh, the other head coaching can, I knew I was looking for everybody. The other one, the one I didn't mention was, is your ever internal internal? Yeah. I was like, I swear it's six. Okay. Is your ever was the sixth one. Uh, does, is your ever really have a shot at the position? I think it's, I don't think he has much of a shot. I think he's long probably, shot. Yeah. Does he have think, one? Uh, Mr. Spooner, I'd say yes. Is it a long shot? Yeah. I mean, he's the knock against him is he is the sample size. You know, he's mm -hmm. been really good. He conducts a magnificent, he's great in front of the press. Um, even when he's being, you know, in trying times, you know, people are good in front of the press when things are good and everything's all rainbows, but he, he's been through some trying times. This, season may have been worth three seasons of experience for most people. <laughs> um, but he's been a, a coordinator for one year in the NFL and it was a very good one. Uh, I would do everything I could to try and keep him. Um, I would have that conversation with anybody coming in and I would use, you know, any type of bribery I could saying, listen, if you keep him for one more year and he leaves, you get two third round picks next year. You know, I would, I would pull out all this, all the tricks and, things I could to try and try and convince anybody I'm coming in that this is going to be your guy because mm -hmm. he would be under contract for, for one more year. You'd have the rights to him. So um, it is a, a, a long shot for me. And I just, to Epic Gamer again, I just wanted to say thank you uh, again for coming in yellow, breaking the ice for us on YouTube. I noticed you were coming in last night. So appreciate you coming in for us as well today, keeping the lights on, keeping my forehead good and shiny. Kyle yeah. says, what about Eric the my there's off field scuttlebutt that says that says he'll never get a head coaching position in Denver. Okay. Let's throw that out the window. Let's push that to the side. Cause I don't know that, but I do want to bring it to your attention. What I do see is a guy with the best quarterback in the NFL that doesn't call plays. That reminds me of Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. That, that reminds me of Nathaniel Hackett. 
he if the best thing Eric Bieniemy could do was go take an offensive coordinator job, assistant head coach job somewhere else yeah. uh, under a defensive minded head coach. That that could be the best thing he would do. Go do that for a year, because right now he's seen as a byproduct of Andy Reid, and he's not even the quarterback coach. Is the thing? I mean, you're not the quarterback coach. You don't call plays. You've got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's not a guy for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, the off-field off scuttlebutt, specifically in his time in Boulder, makes it sound like that's the the main thing that it will keep him from getting a position in Denver. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Colin Wood saying talking to Evero is just to satisfy the Rooney rule. Talking to Evero does not satisfy the Rooney rule. Now, the rule here for uh, the NFL today is you have to hire, you have to interview two external minority candidates. Is your Evero is just one. And also, he's internal. So he does not qualify for satisfying the Rooney rule. D'Amico Ryans and Raheem Morris do um, together, but uh, Isjiro Evero does not. And another thing you meant, made the point earlier about interviewing Isjiro Evero, you're probably trying to convince him as much as anything to stick around as interviewing him for the position of head coach. And also probably trying to figure out what went wrong. Um, you know, what would you do differently? Let's get some insight on this from your perspective. Yeah, what would you have done differently? <laughs> yeah. Was, but if, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, and again, I, I wouldn't, I, I might interview him, but I wouldn't – I'd interview him to – to. I would give him an interview, but he wouldn't be a top candidate for me for all the reasons I just said. So I think the Broncos will have his rights next year. Yep. What they decide to do with it is going to be up to whoever they bring in and the Denver Broncos. And the other thing with Giro Evero, and this is just, you know, long-term team-building perspective, but – uh they added a new rule in the NFL where if you have a minority candidate who is in your coaching system for two years mm -hmm. and gets elevated, I think from anything to a, a coordinator spot or a coordinator spot to a head coach. And if they're in your system for two plus years, then you get a comp, comp compensatory selection back. So right now as you ever, if he went to another spot as hired as a head coach, he would not uh, give the Broncos a compensatory pick. But let's say D'Amico Ryan's been with San Francisco, the defensive coordinator there now for three years, I want to say. If he goes off and gets hired as a head coach, which he should, uh, then the San Francisco 49ers are going to get, I think, a third or fourth round comp pick uh, for him leaving and getting that head coaching position. So um, that's a long-term chess game for the Broncos there. And obviously, you shouldn't just be doing that just for the comp picks. Uh, you should, I think. But that's a good thing also at the same time, I, I believe. Um, to get some more minority coaches in there in a game that's mostly played by minorities. But uh, Azure Evero um, would not satisfy the Rooney rule. So just want to get that straightened up um, before we get on here. And we had a question here from Levi asking, uh, are there any other candidates or head coaching positions that we believe could open up um, before the season is over? Do you have any other spots? Uh, obviously, the only one that really made news yesterday was uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, moving on from Cliff Kingsbury. Not shocking, uh, but I think that's uh, probably the least coaching positions coming open on a Black Monday that I can rem remember for a while. Do you consider the Carolina Panthers job to be open right now? Because it was an interim coach and they didn't remove the tag. As soon as the season ends, yes. Okay. So that one is then open. then um, I they, think Wilkes is still the favorite there. Um, not that ownership listens to players too much, but you know they're they're out there pining for you know there's there's interviews exit interviews with the player saying we want steve wilkes to be our head coach um yep. i think he he is the favorite there um we talked about arizona a lot uh la rams i think is probably the next one mm -hmm. 
that's one that you're definitely right. Uh, the Rams sounds like Sean McVay might be moving on and talking about uh, bringing in Azure Evero uh, or keeping him, interviewing him to see if he'd be interested in the head coaching spot and maybe try to woo him to stay a defensive coordinator. I'm curious if something similar for Raheem Morris. Obviously, he's been around the league, coached both sides of the football, been a solid defensive coordinator, a few different spots. If Sean McVay is gone in the Rams, Raheem Morris might be looking for a new spot. And who's to say that it's not Raheem Morris opposite of Jim Caldwell or Sean Payton? I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Raheem Morris was the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. Yep, And he was arrogant, brash, talkative, and didn't have the team to back it up. Couldn't stand the guy. Hmm. He got humbled and he came and took a position coach, I think elevated to defensive coordinator in Atlanta and was fantastic. He was great. It's like, oh, hey, you mean you can actually learn something? Young coaches can learn and get better. Uh, he was great and he's been great. So um, I would I would endorse Raheem Morris as a, as a potential head coaching candidate based on the growth that I've seen and the results that I've seen from him. Uh, over the last 10 years or so. I think that's a that's a very good candidate to keep an eye on. Yeah, 100%. He took over the interim head coach, right, for Dan Quinn. He did. He did. Um, I think he had moderate success. You know, typical Falcons, you're one in 10, and instead of tanking, you win your last three games and yeah. get a eighth pick instead of a two. <laughs> Classic. Uh, but no, I, I, I like Raheem Morris, and I couldn't stand him at Tampa. Um, and that wasn't just, that isn't just rivalry. Cause I went to Auburn for God's sakes. And you guys hear me wax poetic about Nick Saban all the time. I, it's yeah. not just a rivalry thing. I just said, Sean Payton, he was at the saints. I didn't like Sean Payton. I don't have to, yeah. he's a hell of a football coach. Um, yeah. Raheem Morris at Tampa was all hat and no cattle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We'll see all hat and no cattle. That's a, uh put that on the show that should be the name of the show greg smith um top of the morning good to see you greg we appreciate you edward Wright. good morning looking forward to the next chapter of the broncos yeah we're here it's being written right now we got six candidates we're talking about here five internal and one internal leroy asking about stenson bennett uh definitely one i think day three uh you take a swing on i think a lot of people said undrafted free agent before the year i think he's probably played himself with his athleticism uh and leadership and accuracy probably to an early day three pick. I would be pretty surprised if he's not taken round four. Historically speaking, you see a run on quarterbacks early first round, maybe a couple um, mid day two, and then a bunch taken uh, round four. Uh, If you see, I think as many quarterbacks are taken round four as any other draft or any other round. Uh, That seems to be where I come up with comps for him and stuff. And, you know, the obvious one is like, you know, oh, Drew Brees. Well, you know, he's shorter than Drew Brees. He doesn't have the quite the arm that Drew Brees does. It's different, but every... 5'11 white kid in the world is Drew Brees. I, I'm like more like poor man's Doug Flutie. Um, Doug Flutie was a hell of an athlete, had a rocket for an arm, was just short. Um, and I was also, I was trying to come up with other comps. I'm like Andrew Zhao. I don't know if you remember him. He played at Alabama. I don't think he was an NFL guy. He was a good quarterback for the Crimson Tide. Um, trying to think of guys like that. But can he? Yes. And has he faced adversity his entire career for being a 5'10 walk on? Yes, he has. Has he overcome it? Yes, he has. Is he a hell of a quarterback? Yes, he is. Does he have shortcomings? Yes, he does. Uh, but I, I would be more than happy to put him on a practice squad and let him fight his way out of it again. I mean, one that seems really obvious as a comparison is somebody who's playing really good football right now. Brock Purdy. I mean, yeah, I haven't watched the 49ers yet. Okay. Yep, yeah, I haven't, uh... I haven't watched them since he took over. 
think Brock's got a better arm and he's also built a little thicker. Um, but that's one that, uh, I think sticks out there. You put him Stinson Bennett in a West coast offense where you can use that athleticism on boot actions and kind of stress that edge with that quick reads underneath, give him options. I mean, I think he'd be good there, but he's never going to be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, et cetera, et cetera. Even Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow's a better than that. Uh, David Kilgore. I don't understand why we're looking at Morris. I don't think he's a good coach thoughts. Um, he's, we just hit on that a little bit, David. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I think the, the maturity that Raheem Morris has shown from his time at Tampa through getting humbled as the coach of the Buccaneers and then working his way back through as a position coach, defensive coordinator, interim head coach, and then, you know, winning a Super Bowl at the Rams. I, I think it's a good, a good career arc for him where he hits the top, crashes and burns and then builds his way back up. I, I've been impressed with the way his players play for him and they respond to him and how he has conducted himself since he lost that job at Tampa. So I think he's a very good head coaching candidate personally. Yeah. And he's done a lot of different things um, out there. He kind of meshed Sean, Sean McVay this last year really wanted to keep with the uh, too high pre-snap safety shell uh, on that Tampa, on that Rams defense. And Raheem Morris comes from more of a cover three of philosophy, just because the run fits are easier for that kind of thing. And for the personnel they had, but they kind of made it work out there. Um, so interesting to see how it works out for him and bringing him in. I don't think it hurts uh, at all. Quentin saying needs to look at more mock drafts, find out who'll be available the first round pick need to set, need the San Francisco 49ers to lose first um, before we start talking about that. Also need to see if the Broncos are going to bring in Sean Payton. I don't, I think that one's less likely to happen than some other ones. Um, if none, none work in the first round trade down for more picks, easier said than done, especially in this draft class. It sounds like not a lot of uh, not the deepest pool of first round talent, but only takes one team to trade up. And David, appreciate the coming grit and green with us on YouTube. Always, always thank you for the support. Um, and Quentin says, you know, trading down, it, it always depends on what can you get for it. You know, if I could come out of the, if I could come out of the back of the first and get two seconds out of it, yes. I just don't think there's that big a difference between you talk about tiers of players. There might be a, a superstar freak in the top five that, you know, top, even top 10, depending on the year. And, what was it 2021 you know the top 12 guys were either quarterbacks that you thought could be franchise quarterbacks or they were legit difference makers and pretty much every position player in that top 12 has been a hit nick mm-hmm. of in 2021 yep. um which we you know we said going in last year the depth in that class was 30 to 150 it was yeah. it was the second third fourth and fifth and everybody wanted to trade back man everybody wanted to come out um, so it just depends on, you know, what can you get for the pick? Is it worth it? And what's it look like behind you? I know Nick, and I, I never really think of this and, and Nick has helped me with this is what about next year? You know, what if, what if I were to trade, um, my 2020, uh, my high second round pick, I know you don't have one, but if I'm picking 38 and I trade that for a first, all well, the Falcons did that in 1999, and their second round pick turned into five overall and Jamal Lewis, you know, and they didn't have a running back because Jamal Anderson tears up his knee. So those future picks are a pretty good thing too. And we've said it before, if you're watching for the first time in a while, or if it's your first time here, welcome. This team is set up to be able to hit the reboot button in 2024. Randy Gregory's contract is expendable. Russell Wilson, you can get out from him without being too crazy. A lot of the big money deals was kind of set up for a two-year run and if it's not working reboot and credit to George Payton for that you know so 
I've said before, he's, he's made some mistakes, but I think he does a really good job of keeping your salary cap and contracts, except for Russell Wilson, in in a good spot for the team future. And, and for 2024, you, you trade down. You know, someone that the Buffalo Bills were one player away. We want to take this guy. You can have our pick next year. Okay, maybe. You know, yeah. something like that, Nick. Yep, definitely <clears throat> worth considering. And you're right. Just to add on to those players who could become expendable after next year, Justin Simmons' contract is pretty easy to move on from after 2023 to so the 2024 offseason. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick are two contracts that are pretty easy to move on from. Garrett Bowles' contract, Brandon McManus. I mean, all these ones set up where very – well, not small, depending on like Randy Gregory's dead cap hit isn't small. Russell Wilson's is definitely not small, but a lot of ones that are fungible contracts where you could live with that and uh, definitely pivot off that season. Todd Smith, howdy Broncos country. Good to see you. Ladies farm coming in saying, what's the thoughts on Dan Quinn? Scott knows more about this than me. I think Dan Quinn is probably the candidate I'm least excited about out of this uh, group right now. It seems like he's third favorite on here. If the Broncos lose out on Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh, it's Dan Quinn's team. I feel like people with connections to uh, to George Payton are pushing Dan Quinn harder than anybody else because Dan Quinn being hired makes it way more likely that George Payton is here than Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, that seems to be the obvious uh, standout to me on this one. But uh, I think he'd be fine. I just don't think he's a brilliant uh, schematic person. I don't think he's had the defenses like we talk about him being a John Fox. John Fox had a, like a perennial great defense out there. Dan Quinn's, I know, I know Scott. Um, the the defensive players How's were not defense very good. doing uh, as far as wins and losses in Dallas. I mean, back to back years with the most with the most takeaways in the NFL. That'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? It would be good. Um, they don't have Micah Parsons out there in the pass rush. Denver's pass rush is anemic now, but uh, definitely well, now that's... it's about players, Nick. When it's in Atlanta, it's about scheme. Pick one. Pick one. I, it's both. It's both. Um, <laughs> it's both, no doubt. Uh, but My thoughts uh, on Dan Quinn, um, you could do worse. He he wouldn't be he would be a controversial hire because of the way he's thought of in the national media. He ha- he was a success story in Atlanta despite how it finished. Most coaches are fired. Bill Belichick was fired with the Cleveland Browns. It was the Cleveland Browns. That's what I say about Dan Quinn. It's the Atlanta freaking Falcons, man. We're not talking about flaming out in Green Bay or Dallas or Pittsburgh. We're talking about the Falcons. Um, you know, getting them to a Super Bowl is a Herculean effort. Um, mm-hmm. His players love him. A lot of the things that I said about Raheem Morris, and they coach together. They're very, very similar personalities. And and the, the pluros and cons there with Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn, it's just Dan Quinn had HC by his name with the biggest failure in NFL history. Um, so you you when you talk about culture change, he would hold players accountable, but still make them want to play with him play for him and if they didn't he he wouldn't be afraid to clean house yeah. you know he wouldn't he wouldn't be a the pushover that we, it seemed Nathaniel Hackett was while he was here and he has called his own defenses and he has been a coordinator and he has done all those things where Nathaniel Hackett when's the last time he called plays Jacksonville 2018 yeah he called him in the gold zone right it's been a while though but you know yeah. what I mean you know yeah. it's it's it goes back to you know the Eric Bieniemy talk it's like I, I compare Bienemy to Hackett, and for the same reasons, I would be hesitant there. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn has his own baggage, but yeah. he's actually involved in 
every single play and what's done on the field and has been, and he has run that and he needs a better general, a general manager than what he was saddled with in Atlanta. And his players love him. Um, so he's, he's a viable candidate. I think he's a step down from the big swings, but if they brought him in, you probably are taking a step forward as an organization. There's more of a known quantity than the likes of D'Amico Ryan's. I'd probably go D'Amico Ryan's still, but, uh, is what it is. Mike Woodward morning. Good to see you, Mike. We got David Kilgore coming back in saying any news on the, how the interview went with Jim Harbaugh yesterday. I haven't heard anything coming out that says that the Broncos are out on Jim Harbaugh now. And when he met with the Carolina Panthers about 24 hours later, it was like, Oh, he's not going to Carolina. So the fact that we haven't had that strong wind change in the Harbaugh to Denver connection uh, makes me think that things went went well there they didn't go poorly um but we'll find out more over the next 24 hours what's a little funny to me and you never know that's why you got to cross-reference sources is the news broke from the carolina side of things oh after after jim harbaugh really pushed and pushed and pushed the panthers finally relented and met with him and told him no thanks true maybe who knows Mm -hmm. but that's carolina's side of the story yeah. Well, all I know is that the news came out pretty quickly after they met with him um, that uh, not happening there. Uh, so and they're moving on further options. I think it's going to be Ben Johnson there, but we'll see. They're also interviewing Shane Steichen. Um, those are the other two big names. Broncos are not really looking at first time uh, head coach candidates outside of D'Amico Ryans, which probably should say a good bit about how D'Amico Ryans is viewed and how respected he is. Uh and he's a viable candidate still for the Broncos. Uh, the fact that he still got it, despite being, he would be a first time head coach probably takes Ben Johnson and Shane Steichen off the board. Uh, Texans, I think also have it reached out to Ben Johnson, Shane Steichen, and also Josh Gannon, who the Broncos interviewed last year for the defensive coordinator for the, uh, the Eagles. So we'll see. Um, David Kilgore. What do you guys think about Deuce Vaughn from Kansas state? Reminds me of Sproles. I'm a Kansas state fan. and really like some of the plays coming out. Like Usma would be a good pass rusher. Yeah, they, I think they're edge rusher who's got the hyphenated last name is more of a talent you should be considering for the Broncos there. I don't think he's back into the first round caliber, but you know, day two, I think you could definitely talk about him there. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's fun. As far as Deuce Vaughn, he's just, I don't think he's as twitchy in a, like in a box as Darren Sproles was, but small and a very tough, good runner. Um, You're talking about probably a day three pick, maybe round four, round five, given how small he is. Uh, I don't think he most, I mean, I want to give a shout out to Mike Renner um, on pro football focus. Who's kind of does a lot of the data stuff out there for their draft. And he did something like the running backs that have finished with a thousand yards uh, out of the last five years, like 90% of them are taller than five ten and weigh more than two ten pounds. And that's the body type you're looking for, for a running back in today's NFL. Obviously you have different guys that can fit different roles, but for those starter caliber running backs, there's very much a fit partially because of how, the body type you need to be a pass protector. Cause if you're that small, you're a problem in pass protection. We saw it with Philip Lindsay um, in Denver, unfortunately, but well, I day three for sure. And, and y'all have heard me say, and Nick, you've heard me say, you take this, this quote out of context that I'm going to sound like a moron, but speed is overrated. Um, mm-hmm. Again, take that out of context. And I, I specifically mean that about the running back position, the four five, five guy that's 230 pounds and can break a tackle is much more valuable in the NFL than the four, three, five guy that gets tripped up at, you know, easy contact. Um, so those are extremes on there, but everybody is fast in the NFL. Everybody, this, the field completely shrinks. You need a little extra 
junk in the trunk to to get through the lines of scrimmage and and move things. So um, I haven't watched these guys, David, but David, I am watching you today, coming in with a hat trick of support today on on YouTube with the super chats. Thank you very much, my friend. Um, yep. Falling Sloth, I think, had a comment in here that I, I liked. He said, I wouldn't mind giving Lovey Smith another shot. I was actually impressed with what he did with Chicago with a college quality roster, beat Houston. two division rivals, better record than Chicago. Uh, I was a little surprised that Lovey Smith was fired, to be honest with you. I liked the way that they were trending. It, the cynic in me says, did he get fired for winning that last game? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? Now we got to trade a second round pick to get up to number one to take Bryce Young. What are you doing? Yeah. I wouldn't mind bringing him in for an interview as well. Uh, he did really good in Chicago. I thought also they were Houston was playing well, despite the lack of talent on that roster. He struggled a lot at Illinois as a college coach, which surprised me. Um, but who knows? Uh, I love the Lobby Smith with Illinois though. Cause he had the big Santa Claus beard, a uh, good time out there, but uh, sure. Yeah. Bring him in for, I wouldn't be against bringing him in for an interview. Steve Wilkes, another one who I wouldn't be against bringing in for an interview. I'm curious if the Broncos do bring in uh more candidates here. If this list of six is uh, who we're going with, and it's very possible Broncos can't interview anybody on this list besides Azure Evero and Jim Harbaugh until the 17th in person, being the key word here. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. We got Clyde coming in saying Philip Lindsay is that guy, Scott, the guy that gets tripped up and at, at first contact, but is fast. I, I first, when I first started getting into this, Kyle, and just you know, really paying attention, uh, it was probably. 2000 maybe and i'm watching musa smith running back for georgia um size speed strength he had it all but man and he'd get five yards of carry because he'd hit the hole fast and he was big and he'd fall forward man he never broke anything meanwhile auburn's got this guy who can't run four seven downhill in a hurricane named rudy johnson who scored 16 touchdowns and averaged like 27 yards per touchdown run because guys just slothed off of him and y'all probably remember him with the cincinnati Bengals. He, and, and most of you probably don't know who Musa Smith is. Um, Rudy was that guy that made me a, a convert for that. I'm like, man, they just fall off of you. You got to be able to break a tackle. Yeah, good, good stat for running back. It's an advanced analytics stat, but yards after contact per carry is probably one of the most indicative ones. Um, and it carries over pretty well. I think two of the three, the top three in the college football last season were Bijan Robinson, number one by like a lot. And he's going to be a top <laughs> 15 pick. Um, after that, it was, uh, Kenneth, uh, Walker who when been healthy, been really good, uh, for Seattle. He's had some issues with health this season with a hernia. Um, and then the one after that was Tyler Algier and Tyler Algier is not a very fast running back, but my God, he runs hard. He's balanced. Uh, his feet are always like in the right spot where he can take on contact and change uh, direction in a box and good vision. Um, and he's never going to be a top, you know, five running back in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, but for a rookie contract guy back there, he can eat some carries and lead a running rushing attack. He's not that far off. I mean, yeah. considering and Tyler Algier was a fifth round draft pick out of BYU who just set the Falcons rookie rushing record with uh, like 1,040. He yeah. was inactive the first game of the season. Um, had just over 220 yards uh, carries. Um, breaks a tackle. Again, th that's that's the one is the balance. And that, that's the measure. I always say you can't measure vision and balance. That's what makes the, you, you, but you can, you can see it. Well, maybe you can, there it is, Nick, that, that balance stack is your broken, that balance measurable is the broken tackles. Cause those are the ones where guys are just falling off you because you can't knock the dudes off their feet anyway. Yeah. And I prefer it as a rate with the per carry as well. Cause that's 
somebody has a lot of carries, they're going to have more broken tackles. But if you have, it normalizes right. it for the sample size. Um, Austin H, we're getting way too much in the math. Austin H, <laughs> saw a report that Harbaugh's virtual visit being two hours. Do we know any extra information? And if and when there would be an in-person visit? No extra information. Um, I'm sure there will be information that uh, trickles out today. Again, the fact that there hasn't been this hard shift uh, that, oh yeah, Harbaugh's definitely going back to Michigan or Harbaugh's definitely looking at other positions makes me think that uh, it went well. There's still intrigue just because of how reactionary the information was after Harbaugh spoke with Carolina. After Carolina was like recoiling, you know, that's definitely not happening. We were never that interested. We're going to interview all these other guys. Haven't heard that from Denver side yet. So I think there's still strong interest and uh, possibility there. Um, yeah. And the folks on the comments say he's already said he's going, not in these comments, sorry, but I see other places yeah. says, uh, you know, he, he's already said he's going back to Michigan. Why do you keep saying this? I'm like, why does he keep interviewing? Shut up. He's interested, yeah. you know, until he, until he goes back to Michigan, he's a candidate. So just stay out of my mentions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Austin H for the four ninety nine coming in and keeping the lights on and supporting us. Luke Wright also coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. We appreciate you and hope you're doing well. Um, keeping it going here. We don't have very much time left. So we have six candidates here, Scott. I'd like you to rank them um, in your opinion of who you are most interested in from six to one. And for me, my number six guy, uh, unfortunate. It's, he's still a quality candidate. It's just the defense fell off a lot this last season. The one year of defensive coordinating experience coming from a team that was pretty dysfunctional last year. He's going to be a good head coach at some point. I think it's a year early. Um, there's a reason that he's being connected to a lot of defensive coordinator positions and not head coaching positions, and that's Ezio Evero. Again, it's not his fault per se. It's just I don't know if there's enough of a sample size there for me to say he's a head coach guy. Would be over the moon to have him back at defensive coordinator next year, uh, but just I think it's a train's arriving a year early for the uh, head coaching situation for me. I just want to see him do it over multiple seasons as a defensive coordinator. I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I said as much earlier where, again, this year with the Denver Broncos may have been a dog year as far as experience goes. It was like seven years of experience all rolled into one yeah. with the adversity that had to, he had to face. And I thought the Denver Broncos defense was fantastic this year um, mm -hmm. under the circumstance. Oh, they gave up this. They gave up that. Come on, man. You got 16 points a game and more three and outs than of uh, you know a, a, a Nolan Ryan baseball game I mean it was it was terrible on offense and your defense was still really good with all the injuries you lose Bradley Chubb you don't have Randy Gregory you know it, I could go on Justin Simmons was out early I could go on Ronald Darby and the defense was still playing at a high level he's mm -hmm. good this this yes. roster is solid Evero is good too early do it again you know one more year um but again, I could, if he was hired and someone said, what do you know about this guy, Scott? I'd tell you all the reasons I'd be excited for him. Uh, next for me on this list would probably be, and I'm, if I'm forgetting somebody, I apologize because um, I'm going to miss him and then I'll have to reorder. I might go Raheem Morris next on this one. Um, yep. I, I gave you all the reasons I like him and why he is a candidate, but he also, he doesn't have a track record of winning as a head coach where some of these other guys do, he was, he had it tough in Tampa, which again, I just mentioned the dog years yep. um, that can make you a better coach. And I believe he has been that, but is that a gamble I want to take with the Denver Broncos for him to prove that maybe, maybe not. 
I'm just writing you a list in our private chat of the uh, coaching candidates. That way it's easy to see them. It's better with a list. Okay, yeah, I didn't forget anybody. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you. Next, we might have the same list here. Uh, maybe not. But for me, number five would be Raheem Morris. Uh, I think, again, I mentioned it earlier, Sean McVay sounds like he's going to step away. A lot of reports and rumors swirling around that. I, I think that with that happening, it's very possible that Raheem Morris is looking for a new position next year. He'd be a damn good defensive coordinator get for the Broncos if they do end up moving on from Ejiro Evero and uh, looking for a new defensive coordinator out there. Uh, he's done a good job in multiple spots. Uh, very much a been around the block also. I mean, looking for this Denver's staff, I can guarantee one thing. Next year, I can't guarantee they're going to get a second-time head coach. I can guarantee this is going to be an experienced coaching staff around the head coach. That's something they're going to push for, for sure. Um, not a lot of green first-time coaches in positions. It's going to be people who have not they've been demoted as far as what they had previously at their career. So uh, Raheem Morris, my number five here, I think he'd be fine uh, as the head coaching candidate, but I'm not our head coach option for the Broncos, but I'm not over the moon with him as an option. Um, Moving forward. Now, my number four would be Dan Quinn. I think that he, again, I'm, I've kind of dug in my heels a little bit on Dan Quinn, but he'd be fine in Denver. I don't think you have a big ceiling with him, but his players love him. He has coached good uh, defenses, I do give him <clears throat> some fault for the lack of defensive output with the, the Atlanta. And also he, if he gets credit for Kyle Shanahan, he gets blamed for Shane's uh, Sarkeesian out there. It fell off there. And also nothing ticks me off more uh, than a team that is out of contention by like late October and then fires back, you know, you're oh, we're going to pick a number two overall. And you end up picking an eight because the team rallies around a coach who's a dead man walking to keep <laughs> him around. And let's do the same song and dance next year. I hate that. Um, if you're out of this, if you're out of it and you're just be out of it, God. Um, so uh, Dan Quinn, be fine. Um, there's a reason he's been listed to the Broncos here. Another thing with Dan Quinn, that's got to be weird. Broncos interviewed him last year. He was the favorite last year. And now it's, oh, we just kidding. We took this, you know guy in clown shoes over here with the horn and Nathaniel Hackett. And, <laughs> and we're going to come back. Oh, we meant to take you the whole time, Dan Quinn. It's it's a weird situation. And, and with the whole power dynamic with uh, George Payton as well, I just, something's off with that. I'd be fine with him coming in here, but he's four for me. He's four for me too. Um, I, I think our first four are going to be in the same order and then we'll probably switch one and two. There's my prediction. Yeah. Um, I, uh, he'd be four for me too. Again, um, there's a lot of reasons to like, and there's some big concerns there. You know, has he gotten better as he's stepped away? You learn a lot. He was a first-time head coach in Atlanta and took a team to the Super Bowl that had only been to one in 50 years. Uh, there, there's a lot to like there. Players, the players actually got him his final season when he mm-hmm. should, when they shouldn't have. The players went to the ownership and said, "This is on us. We, we should have been better." That's a that's a good thing. Now the players weren't good enough, and the the, the reason. That Dan Quinn got that extra year is the fault of Arthur Blank, not Dan Quinn. The, the mm-hmm. team was falling apart through mismanagement of uh, from the top down. We can get into that later. Yep. Um, but he'd be four for me. David Kilgore says, you think we should Band-Aid our quarterback position for the, three years and then tank the year Manning comes out? You guys like Arch Manning? I, I like what I've seen from Arch Manning, but I'm not making a plan for a quarterback that's just coming out of high school. Um, that's... Uh, that's an eternity, you know, hell that's, that's four head coaches in Broncos country. Yeah. That's too far away to have any sort of idea. We don't even know if you can play at the college level yet. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that one. But I think looking ahead to 2024, isn't crazy looking beyond that, I think is 
wild. Um, yeah, we so. got a pretty good idea. Caleb Williams is going to be, you know, number one overall. Yeah, um, and Drake May Drake is, May is going to be pushing right good. there. So one or yeah. two, you're okay there. But, uh, you know, no, Dave, uh, thanks for coming in. But um, that's that, that you, you can't make plans for 2028 uh, in that in that regard for your quarterback position. And does that mean four more years of losing? You know, Band-Aid the quarterback position? Is that what you're, you're calling Russ a Band-Aid at this point? You know, Russell's got one more year with the Broncos to get it done, or else he, he's going to be gone in 2024. Yeah. Um, would you be okay with Harbaugh? And I'm wondering if this is a staff uh, in crazy, yeah. or if this is uh, your choices of, I can pick one of these four. I think it's a staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harbaugh I- with Kingsbury, Lovey and Rose. I think there's too many egos there. Um, I, I think yeah. you're better off sending Kingsbury back to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harbaugh has proven it at both levels. Kingsbury's okay, but I think he'll end up being a better college coach just with the control over everything and the egos that you have to deal with. I think Kingsbury should should find himself a $7 million a year job at, at the in uh, the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, Harbaugh and Kingsbury are diametrically opposed as far as offensive styles and infrastructure, air raid versus power run. I mean, you can probably find a uh, way to make it work, but I can't imagine that happening. Um, you probably bring us somebody with a little bit more alignment um, in terms of style that they want to run. Lovey Smith. I mean, does Lovey Smith want to be a defensive coordinator? I don't know. Considering he's been a head coach in three different spots now. I'm not sure about the name Rose. Um, I hate to say it. I don't know all my special teams coordinators out there, but I'm assuming that's what that is. FC Donnelly saying that was or Rossberg. Maybe it, maybe it Rossberg. was voice text or not a correct or something. It could have been Rossberg. I bet you it is Rossberg. That one. Yeah, sure. Um, that's possible. FC Donnelly. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was harsh. Uh Oh, having issues with Facebook there. Um, I was harsh. I apologize. Uh, just uh, that the Hackett era was a little bit of a clown show kind of thing going on there. Um, Eric Gamer saying, I missed the 2013 offense. I miss a lot of things, um, but uh, that was great. Gary Palmer coming in saying, a good morning, Nick, in Scott and Broncos country. My pick is John Harbaugh, but there seems to be a better group to pick from. Go Broncos. Yeah, we'll get into our list here. Keep going. Thank you for the super chats coming in. And yeah, that 2013 offense was great. Give me the 2012 offense even too. I mean, towards the end there, that was great. I think the Broncos finished with a top five offense and defense in DVOA, and they end up losing a unfortunate game against the Ravens. That's games. That's the game that's going to haunt me for probably the rest of my life. But going here, we got number three uh, for me. My number three is going to be Sean Payton. I think that he is a great coach, but I have questions about how things went down there with the saints with him, you know, setting that team up where now they have a bill that's coming due on that credit card. That concerns me a bit. And then him leaving, not sure what happened there. It seemed like you have a good relationship with the head, the uh, ownership group. And now he wants to cut out and then go elsewhere. I've, think there's rightfully to have questions about that he was the head coach under bounty gate which is a black guy in the league um greg williams was fired for the browns hopefully he's not picked up by the broncos that would be unfortunate uh, that would be that would be a rough one uh so yeah and sean payton good offensive mind I don't think he's the best scheme fit for what he's done historically with russell wilson i think he's a good enough mind to change what he does uh but and then it's a draft comp- compensation conversation for him so sean payton number three for me um, I had uh, D'Amico Ryan's third okay. for me, just uh, you know, a little less proven track record as a head coach because he doesn't have <laughs> one, but uh, an exciting prospect as a head coach. So for my first timers, um, he would probably be my number one along with Shane Steichen. Th- those would mm-hmm. be the top two. Jeremy Sean asked a little earlier, were you a little surprised or you know that they disappointed that they hadn't reached out to Shane Steichen? And I was like, um, 
answer to that one is yes. I, I think they absolutely should. But maybe they've been turned down a, a little bit. Maybe he's looking to stay on the East Coast. It could be a Brian Dayball situation where he, they've already they made the outreach and they were said, no thanks. That could have happened already for all we know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like D'Amico Ryans. We talked about him a lot already. D'Amico Ryans, three for me. And uh, D'Amico Ryans, two for me. Um, I think he's a great candidate. Everybody raves about him. He's got a leadership CEO presence. I think he's going to have this defense. I think he's very much a Mike Vrabel type. Um, that comes in here and like, you're going to play hard. You're going to play fast. You're going to play disciplined. And if you're not, you're gone. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your accolades are. This is how we're going to do things here. And I think you need a coach that comes in and aligns everybody and gets those egos beaten down. Um, you're not bigger than the team. Uh, so that's one that for me, I think D'Amico Ryan's aligns up that way. Obviously given you to be a first time head coach, it's a little bit harder to establish that uh, mentality and power, but it, Everything I've heard and read, he just has that aura to him. So I'm, I'd be very excited about bringing him in here. Um, he's my number two. Uh, for me, Harbaugh was number two. Um, I uh, again in a vacuum. I said this earlier, uh, but we've got our and welcome in. We've got our highest viewership as we're finishing here. So uh, appreciate y'all coming in. Hit that like button and, and subscribe if you want to see us again, and hit the comments if you want to get some clarity on some things afterwards. Um, Harbaugh, I think would be a terrific hire. Uh, he's had success everywhere he's gone. He's got an established identity on offense. He's got connections, NFL college, uh, from a personnel standpoint, he's, he's got those connections and people he can trust at the college ranks where you can, say, you can call up and get a little background. You know, what do you think of this kid? Um, I really like this, the idea of, uh, of, of Jim Harbaugh. I'm a, I am a fan. He's a little different. So what? He's probably smarter than you, smarter than me. Uh, that comes with the territory. Yep. hundred uh, percent. And then number one for me is Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I think the style of offense he has, he's built up teams that have been very similar identity wise everywhere he's gone. He wears that as welcome. It's because he's a grinder. I think, you know, him and Russell Wilson uh, might be a great relationship together because both of them are just going to hype each other up and push each other. You know, who can be the uh, more football psycho uh, out of the two. That's, I think that's one that actually could be a, it's either going to blow up and be horrible or uh, work beautifully. So I'm here for the chaos. That's the one that I picked. Jim Harbaugh has been my number one since November. And uh, when I didn't even know he was going to make the jump to the NFL. And now it sounds like it's a possibility. So Harbaugh is my number one. Don't have to give a draft compensation. I, I, I'd be all about it. I'm, I'm for Sean Payton. Number one with the, again, that this isn't a vacuum. Um, if it's, more than this year's first round pick, I'm leaning to Harbaugh for my number one. If it's just this first round pick for, you know, and, and a little bit extra, you know, nothing crazy cash. Okay, fine for, for Peyton, then I would hedge back, but is Peyton worth a first round pick? Yes, he is. He, he is worth a first round pick. The difference that the head coach can make in the team. We've seen it. So yeah, Peyton has a long established track record of offense of exciting football you want to talk about the cap situation. The cap situation has been going on in, the, in in New Orleans for a long time. It's still going on even with him sitting on the sidelines. Um, so how much of that is general manager? How much is that is Sean Payton? Kind of like billionaires, none of these are choir boys. I don't have to be, you know, he, he doesn't have to, you know, date my mother. I don't even know how old he is or anything. I, I want him to coach my football team. I want him to be good. Uh, I'm from SEC country. We overlook a little, you know, things you gotta you gotta win first all of that good person stuff goes out the freaking window if you're not winning if you're winning you can overlook a few things 
What do players think about Bounty Gate? I don't remember them complaining too much about it. I don't remember other players. I remember the media clutching their pearls. Oh my, that's so wrong. It's been going on for 50 years, man. I'll pay um, big money for you to do a whole episode with that voice. That's <laughs> <laughs> my across the street neighbor has made a very good living on uh, as a voice actor. Hmm. Uh, he does a lot of video games and stuff. Um, he's uh, awesome. so I've done something like that before. He's like, hey, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the clutching of the pearls, you know, and, and, and who's going to be after you the most is the media. Sean Payton's already gotten a media gig. He's already been accepted back into that. We don't really care mm. about this. We've got no morals or scruples either. Yep. So I want to win football games. Sean Payton's my number one choice. Okay. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, it's going to have to do it for us today. We got to get on out of here. We appreciate everybody coming in and supporting us here. Uh, and we'll get more information. Did we say hello to Ethan? I don't even know if we hit this one. As I was clutching my pearls, I'm if not sure I even I hit this one, Ethan. Uh, he comes and he says, my pick is Peyton. And bef- this came in before I said it. And I disagree. But I think it will be J- uh, Jim Harbaugh. Man, those are home run hires. Either yep. way. Th- those yep. are, you want to make a splash? You want to get people excited? Not everybody's going to be happy, Period. But this is these are two guys, I think, and, and for the most part, I think all of those guys are guys are head coach of candidates for a reason. They're they're quality candidates. Um, this is great show, Jensen Broncos Country. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much, Ethan. Closing us out strong today. Don't want to forget you coming in to 50 pounds. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you. Hope things are going well out there on the other side of the pond. And uh, make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. Uh, I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, while you're on Twitter, follow us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And as the ticker shows underneath there on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to our channel, uh, like the show, and share to your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. I mean, what is that, Real? Is that the uh, the app all the kids are using today? Get that Real notification and snap a picture of you watching this show and then uh, send it to us. We'd appreciate that. Uh, but, uh, Scott, any plans the rest of the day? I think we're going to – it'll be Carl and I tonight, but we'll see you in the background. Real, real quick on this one, you know, Quinn is average 43 and 42. Uh, yeah, 500. That's probably not good enough for Broncos country. Um, for the 29th worst franchise in NFL history with a career winning percentage of 43.8%, he did pretty damn good. Yep. So, uh, it's relative it's- folks, you guys don't understand. Let's talk about Sean Payton. Go look, go type in New Orleans Saints ref and look at the history of the New Orleans Saints before Sean Payton arrived. Look at the history of the Atlanta Falcons. It will make you go, oh my God, how does anybody even watch this garbage? They were bad. They were bad. It was the Aints. It was the Hoodats, the Aints, and the... Who cares? (laughs) It's actually a great great. rivalry. The Saints and Falcons is one of the best rivalry in the NFL. Nobody knows it because both teams are fighting for last. Yep. Hate each other. Um, But uh, guys, it's going to have to do it for us. Uh, We're going to get on out of here. Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion, and we'll be here to cover this Broncos head coaching search, much to Colin Wood's chagrin, uh, saying he's already tired of it. But, uh, Scott, can I get a pearl clutching before we get on out of here? No. It's a two-in-one <laughs> show? Come on. I might get dizzy. Uh, pushing my luck. Pushing my luck. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you. Have a good one. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 
morning, Broncos country. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.